Hi, welcome to Help with Hannah Jones. I'm Hannah Jones, and I'm answering your questions, Dear Abby style. This podcast is brought to you by Little India. This is a beloved local family-owned restaurant with four locations throughout the Denver area and a coffee shop. Some of my favorites on the menu include the chicken korma, tamarind margarita, and all the samosas. If you live in Colorado, you should make this place a regular stop. And if you're visiting our great city, be sure you don't miss Little India. Visit littleindiadenver.com to find a location near you. And thanks to Dude IDK Studios in Denver, where we're recording. Hi, guys. Um, I have a guest in the studio to help me give advice today. She is one of the members of Wolf Hawk Comedy. It's Lizzie Wolfson. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm, I'm excited that you trust me with advice. A hundred percent. Well, and I will say, yes, I do trust you with advice. I'm glad you find that flattering. And... Also, I don't, I, I, I wonder sometimes whether anyone takes the advice on this podcast in a genuine way. I know a lot of people um, find it interesting. That's what they always say. They're like, your yeah. feedback is so interesting. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> well, and they'll say like you give good advice, kind of on a broad level. Sure. But I don't think anyone's ever been like, I took your advice. <laughs> well, it's new. <laughs> It's new, so they, True. you know what I mean. So you might ha not have that feedback and yet, a lot but of you time will. I, a lot of times, I it answer kind of like months after the question was originally asked. Sure, which I feel bad about. We're getting to a quicker turnaround, which is kind of fun, but it's still going to be like two to three weeks just based on the production schedule of the podcast. Of course, of course, and I also think that like a lot of it can be general, but then it can relate to like somebody's life, even if it's not exact. Right? 100%. And some of it isn't even advice advice. Some of it is just like giving perspective on an issue, which brings us perfectly into yes. first little segment. This is an update from last episode. I don't know if you listened to last episode, but we talked a lot about, weirdly enough, <laughs> HPV. <Yeah. laughs> um, someone wrote in um, with an experience with HPV and we found it really interesting. So we gave our perspective and we also did some research and we brought up some other stuff from the internet. Mm -hmm. And then that person, I'm not going to reveal who they are. They wanted to stay anonymous. Um, reached out and said that it was so helpful and made them feel less alone and that meant so much to me. I was like tearing up. <laughs> but then another person reached out with some extra perspective. Um, and so I wanted to read the messages that they sent uh, with permission. I did ask them if I could share them, but I thought it was really interesting. Hi, as I mentioned before, I love your podcast, but I'm not sure if you're doing a Dan Savage type thing where people can respond to the advice you give in an episode. Yes, 100%. I love responses. Um, Podcasts are interesting. You don't get a ton of immediate feedback, but it's really, really helpful. Even if it's critical feedback, it's helpful. Okay. Then the message continues. I am somebody who has had a high-risk HPV diagnosis in the past and just had some thoughts on the most recent episode. I thought you guys generally gave pretty good advice. However, I think maybe the banality of HPV was possibly lost on you and your host. From what I learned through my journey with having high-risk HPV and even having to get a cervical biopsy, HPV is extremely low risk. 80% of sexually active adults have HPV. Even in the extreme cases where someone might develop cervical cancer from HPV. Um, and lastly, I had this whole journey of getting my cervix biopsy. Luckily, it was negative for cancer and now two years later, my HPV has completely resolved itself. I'm even back to a five-year pap cycle. I assume they mean like that cancer is a more treatable form of cancer. 
Okay, so that's just to say, at the time of my diagnosis, I was very sexually active and had multiple healthcare providers told me there's no reason to disclose my HPV status to sexual partners. They all said it's not like gonorrhea and herpes where it's ethically necessary to disclose. It is not ethically necessary to disclose, to disclose multiple healthcare providers said it. I'm not adv uh, advocating to lose sexual practices. <laughs> I am. Um, before I was monogamous, I took sexual health very seriously, which I do think is important, especially if you're going to be loose sexually. <laughs> loose. Oh my God. What is this? But just hope this info <laughs> helps. Thank you. Um, okay. Loose. Yeah. That was really helpful perspective because that was what was going on in my head is the idea that like, okay, men can't be tested for it. They literally can't know that they have it unless they get warts from it. And, um, and I just think it's insane that if 80% of the population of sexually active adults have HPV and men can't be tested for it, it's just insane that you would have this like ethical responsibility to disclose your HPV status to another person. Yeah, this was helpful perspective. It is ultimately your decision. And if you're the kind of person who wants to disclose your status, that's 100% great. But I thought this was a helpful other perspective. And ultimately, I would ask your healthcare provider more in depth about it. Yeah, I think that also, like, I mean, multiple. I do you really want to start a relationship with somebody with, like, lying about your status, though? Like, is that, you know, like, it's like, like, do you want to start, like, if you're going to, if you're going to. Oh, I think it would be super weird to lie. Sure. Or if or somebody said, do you have it, high you risk know? HPV? But I think that I'm specifically thinking of like a hetero person who is sleeping with like most dudes just don't ask. Sure. And I think that if the dude does not ask you any questions about your sexual health status, I do agree with these healthcare providers that you don't have an ethical responsibility to just bring it up out of the blue. I think that if they ask you about your sexual health status in general, I do think you should answer honestly and include that as part of your answer. And I also think that you gave very good advice on the last podcast of saying also you should you should just protect yourself too. I mean that's yeah. that's that's a big part of it too. Like if you're if you're if you are like just in general you know what i mean maybe assume that everybody has it and that's fine and whatever but also like make sure that you're using protection also so that you're maybe also not giving it and to i other think people. a lot of people don't know that much about hpv and so as you're telling someone and they have this like blank dumb look on their face you yeah. could say yes i actually have hpv um which i guess like isn't a huge deal because my health provider said i don't even have to tell people that i have sure. it but i just wanted to go the extra step and be responsible i think that gives them some really good perspective of like what you're actually talking about because i do think most people when they hear hpv would assume that it's like herpes but i didn't realize that it was in a fully different category than like herpes into gonorrhea right and also it is women's job to educate men because they are dumb mm-hmm so maybe it's it's an opportunity to educate them whether you sleep with them a second time or a third time or not at least to be like hey listen just so you know i've got this you don't feel like you have to or not but you know we should just use protection because i thought you meant that 100 percent sarcastically that it's women's job to educate men I and think then you were like no we gotta educate them <laughs> no i think i think it's both <laughs> i said it in a sarcastic tone but I also think it's true. It's not your job, but it's not, it's not your done job by anybody else. Right, exactly. So, you know? And it's better yeah. to live in a society where it is done by someone. And if you have it, you should educate 
yourself too. You should yeah. be able to explain it to people. You should be able to, um, you know, if somebody says, if you are sleeping with a man and they're like, I'm, I don't really know about it. I've, I've heard about it to at least be like, well, I've done research and, you know, this, yeah. is, this is what it is. And, and, and just to, again, you really want to start a relationship maybe with somebody and then all of a sudden, six months down the road, be like, oh, wait, uh, also, I have this and I knew that and you didn't tell them. 100%. You know? 100%. So, I think I'm thinking more so in the case of a very loose. casual um, interaction where yes. they don't ask. Sure. Is it your responsibility to bring up this thing they don't know anything about? Okay. And with that, we are permanently closing the HBV <laughs> chapter yeah. of this podcast. We've spent so much time, airtime on it. And I'm so glad that we did, but I am concerned that we are known as the HBV podcast. I mean, listen, if that gets the views... And the patrons then. Okay. Lizzie, anything been up with you recently? Uh, No, we were talking before. I'm just, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian. So, you know, staying busy. Um, I just went to Austin um, for uh, like 10 days with my comedy partner who also... 10 days. Yeah. Well, we drove, we did Lubbock, Austin, Fort Worth, Dallas. Hell yeah. So we did like a little cruise around and um, I run Wolfhawk Comedy with you Elliot can Broder. every type of Republican in that. It was great. They, yeah, turns out they are okay with gays as long <laughs> as you say the R word. Um, and they are, they are, they're an interesting um, scene down there and it was nice to go and see it and hang out and get some shows and stuff. Um, and it was good weather, which was nice. It was warm. We enjoy that. Um, but I think it's a place to visit, you know? I don't Oh yeah. <laughs> I think it was fun to visit. I feel the same yeah. way. I am not a great fan of Austin, unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I did different shows than I wasn't, you know, there on a festival, so it was like little yeah. little venues and stuff like that. And it was it was I mean, everybody was very sweet and very fun, but there's definitely different a little bit different of a vibe. Um, maybe a newer newer vibe where they're they're trying to figure themselves out um so now i'm back here and hopefully to new york soon would very be the next fun. one yeah mm-hmm. very fun um i for contrast i have finally not been traveling that's great for a whole month and um I did the most terrible ever bar show to exist recently. <laughs> I think probably my worst bar show of all time, even from starting. Yeah. Um, and this is not to knock the producer of the bar show. And I think that the bar show is often um, better than it was this particular time that I did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and, that's, and that's always a problem, too, because you're yeah, like... If you're working with a bar that's like a random venue, they're going to fuck you over sometimes. But sure. what happened this particular time is that I showed up to do a show at what I would describe as a fully operational sports bar on like a regular Saturday night of business, mm-hmm. Friday night of business. Everyone talking at a regular volume about the sports and everyone looking at the sports occurring on tv and listening to the sports played over the speakers and not a single one of those elements changed when the show when the show started hell yeah we (laughs) added a pa system in the corner at a delightfully low volume so as not to disturb anyone who might want to pay attention to something different going on yeah yeah yeah. something way more interesting yeah sports (laughs) it was so bad 
and it, I, it, it was like I tried a few different things, you know, because I'm like, maybe they'll pay attention if I like lead a round of happy birthday. So I pretended that this it was this guy's birthday and I let everyone in happy birthday. And then there was a moment of silence afterwards where I was like, and I said my fastest joke. They were already talking by they the were punchline. Ready. Yeah, yeah. They were also, what about sports? <laughs> what about sports ball? We like that better. <laughs> it was horrible, but... Thank God I was only doing 10 minutes and I, it's so easy to dissociate for 10 minutes. Oh, 100%. 100%. And bar shows are, are tough. They're really tough. I mean, I know that everybody's like, that's where you get your chops and stuff like that. And you're like, I also spent 25 minutes getting here. I'm going to spend 25 minutes getting home. I'm here for an hour. Like, By and large, I love a bar show. Yeah. Normally, when they're paying attention and there's like maybe a light on you or there's Even volume, some people are rowdy or there's hecklers or whatever. It's like, it's like, yeah, this is part of comedy, you know? <laughs> this is the hard part. This is what makes us, you yeah. know, build skills and stuff. This was like su such a different level where like literally only two people were like listening. Oh, yeah, that's tough. And at now. one point, I was like, did anybody, nobody came here for comedy, right? Because I, um, wanted to sort of like throw the set I, I and it was a saturday night uh friday night i also feel like that's a tough night for a sports 100 percent. i don't during I have no seasons. idea why they hired comedy to be there i feel like also sports seasons always are it's always it's a different sports season it's a year yeah. round right it's always going to be like there's baseball no basketball like a season football. where there's no yeah. sports no i don't think so i don't think so that's okay tough. second thing that happened to me recently Went in for a regular dental cleaning and exam, an x-ray, because they were all included in the Say It With Me Groupon that I get every year. <laughs> you get the same one every year? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And you're I doubling always say down. I'm a first-time patient. <laughs> first-time patient. Thank you. Um, this time, they were like, we know you're not a first-time patient. Like, we have your phone number already. We've seen your teeth. <laughs> we know. Um, but they're like, we'll let you use the Groupon one more time. Okay. <laughs> and so... And you're like, six times a charm. <laughs> I go in there, I get my teeth cleaned, and, and I'm mentioning this the doctor was like incredible incredible at home care you do a truly phenomenal job there's like no difference between this and your last exam that's great you're doing Absolutely. a good job and that is why i feel i am now qualified to publicly take a stance that i've always held which is that i don't know where we culturally got this idea that you have to brush your teeth after you consume your last thing of the day you don't have to do that. Okay. The food in your mouth doesn't know that you went to sleep. Like when you wake up and you brush your teeth and then you eat, that food stays on your mouth for eight hours before you brush your teeth at night, right? Okay. So why is it such a huge problem, the idea that the food is going to sit on your teeth at night? You do need to brush your teeth twice a day. You do need to floss once a day. But there is nothing in the world that would suggest that brushing your teeth needs to be the last thing that you do before bed. Because I'm a strong proponent of brushing your teeth after your main dinner and then five minutes before bed eating a little snack and not brushing your teeth oh, again. I see, and I, I get see. in fights with my boyfriend about this. His at-home care was not rated nearly as high as mine by our shared dentist because we use the same group on. He did double down on this group <laughs> in the same year. <laughs> That's incredible. His dentist okay. said his teeth looked like he had been off-roading, which granted is because he smokes. Okay. 
no good way of getting around being a smoker. Okay. But I feel that I'm qualified to say you can have a little snack after you brush your teeth. The food doesn't know you're sleeping. Cut it. Chop it. Make the clip. I'm gonna send it to the dentistry university everyone's like oh well it's not it's not about the fact that it's nighttime or you're sleeping like obviously the food doesn't know you're sleeping it's about the fact that when you're sleeping is the longest part of the day that the food is sitting on there that's not true you sleep for like a third of your hours for two-thirds you're out walking around and a lot of times I do brush my teeth three times a day because I like to wake up and have clean teeth. I like to go to bed and have clean teeth. But I also like to have clean teeth if I'm going to be on a podcast or doing a comedy show because sure. I feel like you just like look significantly better. Sure. I feel like it's like really noticeable when you're on a stage and the lights are shining, yeah. whether your teeth have a little bit of food in them. So I am a three times a day gal. Mm -hmm. So my food is never sitting on my teeth for longer than eight hours. Never. But if you were a twice a day gal, the longest your food would be sitting on your teeth would be like 14 hours. And that's during your workday, bitch. I feel like um, you should write like a blog about this (laughs) and maybe like BuzzFeed will pick it up or something. Of being like, dentists are liars too, you know? But I don't think dentists started this. I think weirdos oh. started this. Oh, your bo- not your boyfriend. Somebody else. No, somebody okay. else told it to him. <laughs> somebody and else told like, it to sure him, and now he believes this. And you could also just genetically have better teeth than him. A hundred percent. Right? That and also I probably could be, do. <laughs> that could be a part of it. Finally, genetics are working for me in this one sector. <laughs> Which is a good sector because health, teeth, I mean, that's, you know. But, Absolutely. The yeah. reason people used to die at 30 was not because we got heart attacks at 30. It was because uh, we died of needing a root canal. Right, right, right. Absolutely right. insane and to think I about. And I got a root canal this year. Yes. And I'll probably need another one. That sucked. Yeah. But that's not my fault of having poor at-home care. That's due to not receiving dental care when I was broke. And, <laughs> and there was like no group For four years, and that's why they had to pull one of my back teeth. And that's why my wisdom teeth are still in, and they're constantly pressing in. And once a month, they hurt? I get excruciating wisdom teeth coming in pain. Do you have Medicaid? I did. I'm a little too rich, for, not to brag, Ooh. but I'm a little too rich for Medicaid right now. Yeah. Sign up for that Patreon so she can afford <laughs> to get these teeth out. Because Medicaid will normally cover stuff Although, like that. depending but. on, I think maybe because I'm self-employed and I write off a lot from my taxes, I bet my adjusted income is eligible. That's I'm pretty an sure I might that get the wisdom Medicaid. teeth, the Medicaid, that's at least what my last dentist said. Was that that is that is that is one of the things that like covers and stuff like that? Or mm. if more people sign up for the Patreon, then you can when afford. I utilized Medicaid um, healthcare. Yes, several years ago, and they pulled my tooth. They did not say that I could get my wisdom teeth out, but mm. they were like, "Bitch, your wisdom teeth are fucked up. You sh- you should." They were like, "You got to get a crown on this. That's going to be two thousand dollars." I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm at the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I look like I have two thousand dollars? <laughs> like, oh, thank you so much for pulling this tooth and right. giving me a free root canal. I will now go pay two thousand dollars for a crown. That's wild. That's Insane. wild. Well, so I, I would check up. Still don't it. have a crown, but I'm going to get one in January. I made the appointment already. Let's go. Look at me. Now, did you make the appointment with a Groupon? 
No. No. Okay, should you be Googling? Maybe that's what we need to Google now. Groupons for dental crowns. Yeah, for dental crowns. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the Good research point. we should be doing. I will say that like a lot of people forget that Groupon exists and a lot of people don't realize that you should be using Groupons for oil changes, breaks in general. Most car shit you should be using Groupons for dental stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can use a Groupon for like a pap smear, but... Might be able to. I was looking up liquid, the, not the, not liquid, um, the IVs, like the oh, hydration like IVs. Oh, like the hangover IVs? Was that from when I saw you on Saturday and you were so hungover? Had okay. you spent <laughs> all day Googling <laughs> IVs? No, I've been doing this for months, actually. <laughs> that is what I needed that day, but yeah. I didn't have enough money to get it. But no, I was just looking up. I just... When I was doing the research on it, and again, this might be one of those things that they're just like trying to sell you because people set up little places, probably in a place that looks like this, and they just have the bags and hang them, and like they're like take it. But it's also supposed to be just like good for you in general. It's not just hangovers. It's supposed to be like just good for like hydration. I have a question. B vitamins. Wouldn't you eventually get track marks? No, I don't think so. Why not? If you're constantly intravenously taking liquids what's the difference on a skin track mark level between that and heroin i don't get it i think heroin's a poison so it (laughs) probably comes back at you a little bit well i guess i mean like when i again was broke and donating plasma and not doing heroin that's not where this story's going when i was donating plasma a couple times a month i have like a scar on it Oh. From where they used to do that. So, so I'm might. just assuming that if you took IVs all the time, especially these these influencer bitches who are getting an IV like every fucking weekend because it's like the new cool thing to do. Like Bella Hadid has got to have some fucking track marks. Makeup. Makeup. That's what makeup's for. Right? Destigmatize track marks. Or I don't know. I also, re-stigmatize being an influencer. I'm not sure which. <laughs> I would like to have full sleeves anyways, so I don't care if there's track marks. Oh, damn. Eventually. I just I can't afford it yet. I paid a lot of money for tattoos, so yeah, I wouldn't. I don't want to be wearing sleeves. No, okay. no, 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 no. Full sleeve, like full tattoo sleeves. Oh, eventually it would cover up, anyways, yeah. right? Eventually you wouldn't notice it. You'd you're be right. like, are those track marks, or is that a really cool heart that says "mom"? Like that's what you're gonna look at, anyway. <laughs> or is that heart fucked up yeah. a little bit? <laughs> or, or is the heart very discolored? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah, I don't think. Um, but yeah, that is something to do research on. Also, listen, if it makes the health of my inside of my body better, I don't. Yeah. I don't care what it does to my arm at this point. I well, would like a, to feel a very better. Evolved stance to take. I just want to feel better. My stance is snacks before bed. <laughs> snacks before <laughs> bed and fridge. also be hydrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Before we get into questions, I have a few yeah. announcements. Number one, I have shows coming up. Um, this will come out probably after the Arizona shows. If you came to those, thank you so much. This will come out after the Denver New Material show, but the January one might still have spots left. If the January one is sold out, if you want to come to my Denver New Material shows in general, there is a way that you can guarantee your tickets every time, which is get on the wait list ever at all. You will be in the mailing list basically for those Denver new material shows and you will get the link to every show 24 hours before the general public does. It's not like the shows are selling out crazy fast, but if you don't look at my Instagram stories for three days, you might not get tickets. So get on the wait list ever and you will be guaranteed tickets to the next show. Number two, this podcast is sponsored by the Patreon. Patrons have first priority to get their questions answered and they also receive a bonus episode every month. 
Um, the sixth bonus episode just came out yesterday since I missed a week on Thanksgiving. I just put it out so you get two episodes this week if you're a member of the Patreon. And um, it's only $3. So many people have said that that episode is very funny and one of their favorites. So get on the Patreon. It's only $3. And lastly, if you want to ask a question to get answered in a future episode, that link um the link to that form is in the podcast description or in my link tree on any social media platform. Okay, are you ready to get into it? I'm ready to get into it. Hell yeah. This is a listener submitted question. Hello, Hannah. I am an international listener and really enjoy the pod. I am 21 girl on a two-year relationship with my boyfriend. It's been my healthiest and longest one, and I really enjoy spending time with him. Here's the thing. I'm a college student, and I think I have a strong crush on one of my classmates. She's so pretty, I can barely talk to her without looking like an idiot. I don't want a relationship with her. I don't really care about getting to know her, and I don't even think she's into girls anyway, but I'm still so attracted to her physically. As me and my BF aren't in an open relationship, I feel guilty all of the time because I feel like I'm cheating in my mind. I think I should tell him about my crush and find out what his boundaries are so I know if it's okay to shoot my shot with her. But even if he was okay with it, I'm still very self-conscious because I never tried to hit on a girl before. Of course, I would be completely respectful and do it once we don't share a class anymore in case she gets uncomfortable with my presence. What do you think I should do and in what order? Just for extra context, I'm bi, figured it out some years ago, but only have experience with guys. She's not a friend of mine, just a classmate. Signed, Curious Kitten. Do you want my opinion first? Yeah, go ahead. She sounds like a fuckboy. Little, well, okay, you have to remember that, like, she's telling us about her, like, deepest yeah and thoughts I th which are not the same as like someone's actions sure 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 percent. but mentally you're being a fuckboy right now yeah you don't want to get to know her like that's not being bi that's just seeing somebody who's pretty right like that's yeah. objectifying a woman which I, I i understand it like even if it's in your mind i don't i think that if you take action on there's maybe an issue with that but um I think you can also see pretty people and that doesn't mean that you want an open relationship. It just might mean that some people are just extremely attractive, you know, but I don't, I don't think that it's worth like trying to go further with it because it's not really fair to the girl, right? Yeah. Like it's not fair to her that she would be objectified by another woman who is not very interested in her, but also thinks she's really pretty. Like she gets she that all the time. Get fucked by a classmate who doesn't want to get to know her. We don't know somebody like a a person of. I I just don't think like a person who is of the same sex who is not experienced, and then also like not That's really so into true. it. It's not right? going to be. Yeah, it can't be casual sex if you're teaching someone exactly and and, and that's an interesting thing that i didn't quite think about I, well I, yeah i mean like already the nerves especially as somebody who you know it, it, somebody who's gay already like it's not easy to to do like to figure out like how do you hit on girls like how do you approach this how are you you know like at a certain point yeah some people are just like pretty to look at like i love looking at natalie portman 
I might be closer to fucking Natalie Portman than this girl is. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, like I also want to get to know Natalie Portman. Yeah. I would like to ask her questions about her, you know, like, yeah. so I think that, yes, some, we are all sexual beings and having an attraction to somebody and being like, oh, they're really pretty or I really like looking at them or they're or funny or whatever. Sure, that's that's a good thing to go off of. But I think that if you truly want to open your relationship, if you want to be bisexual, you want to be all of those things and in this situation, right? Because she does have a boyfriend. So I'm not saying she has the choice to be bi, but if she really wanted to like go for that, you might want to find somebody that you have an emotional connection to too because the first time's awkward and things are awkward about not even just having sex, but also going on a date or hitting on a girl. Like all of those aspects are, um, and also, bro, it's two women. Like they're going to talk for hours anyways. What do you, what do you think this is? This yeah. isn't like a, like get it in and get it out. Like that's just not going to be that situation. I think this girl is pretty irrelevant to the situation. And I really doubt that anything will come to fruition with this girl, unless no. you have one of those like charmed lives where you're just like so hot that you like break up with your boyfriend and hit on the girl from class and it turns out she's super into it. But like sure. most likely if you're a regular ass person and if you look like a regular ass person, most likely nothing will come of it even if you do break up with your boyfriend because it's just a person in your class who you're wildly attracted to. I think you're going through a pretty normal discovery, sure. which is that you can be in a relationship with someone and find yourself phenomenally attracted to another person. Me personally, when that has happened to me, it was the wrong relationship. And in the relationship that I like, I don't find myself intensely attracted to other people. I can like in passing think like, oh, that person is theoretically hot, but I'm never like preoccupied with crushing on them. That's just a factor of my relationship. I have heard from other people who are in monogamous relationships who are like, no, of course I still get intense crushes. I'm still intensely attracted to other people. That is a facet of monogamy for me. If that is a facet of monogamy for you, you have to eventually decide, are you okay with the fact that your commitment to this person, your monogamous commitment means that you will just never fuck another person that you find attractive? And I would say that at 21, that yeah. is a hard thing to come to terms with. At 29, you might feel wildly different about that sacrifice. If you do view it as a sacrifice, you might feel like, yeah, I'm totally ready to be uh, attracted to other people for the rest of my life, but I'm only going to fuck this one dude. I will say just because of your age and the fact that you have found out that you're bi, but you've never had a chance to experiment. There is a 95% chance in my mind that the right decision is going to be break up with your boyfriend so that you can have all of the fun novel experiences in college that everyone wants to have. This is very young for you to be locked down with a boyfriend when you entered this relationship not even knowing you were bi. He might be open to letting it be open too. I mean, I don't, you know, like he totally. might be, he, I mean, they're young, so they're both So young. that's another the aspect. The guy is young too, right? So it's like, so he might be chill of being like, yeah, if you want to like hook up with girls, that's fine. But if you're going to hook up with a girl, like go, go, if you're going to do this really for the first time, not only have the emotional attraction, but also maybe go with somebody who's a bit more experienced. Otherwise it ends mm. up turning into that scene in the L word where like they, they're like hooking up and, oh man, now I'm going to forget everybody's name. Um, and, the gays will be mad at me. Um, but Jenny and Dana? 
it's been so long since I've watched. But that they're like it. trying to hook up, like in like that little like shed thing that was like her, and, and it's just awkward. It's all mm -hmm. awkward because they they just don't know how to. I don't think that you have to be with somebody super experienced. You don't have to wait to find that. But also like this just might be also you discovering that you might be more bisexual than you thought, and that's yes. why you're having those feelings, and like especially as a gay woman, like there was plenty of crushes that I had, but they would have never led to anything anyways. And I didn't need them to, I needed to like discover that about myself. I needed to like open that part of myself to be like, Oh, this is actually something that I want to do. Now I got to find somebody that it makes more sense with. I, yes, I will actually agree with when I was discovering that I was bisexual, there was something about those early days, I think because it really caught me off guard to find women attractive. Sure. Every woman that I did, and also because I don't find the majority, I would say I find more men attractive on average than women. And so every time that I did see a woman who I was attracted to, there, I was so wildly more attracted to them sure. than just seeing like a hot guy it was like and i think it was really tied up in that like discovering a new facet of my identity kind of thing and i do really question whether or not part of the strength and intensity of your feelings are just from like the novelty the novelty of it, of, it, of course and also, again looking at pretty people is is great like it's always great to look at pretty people but maybe that piece in your brain is starting to open up and kind of like learn that you know, so now you're starting to feel that way because as young girls, we're all taught to be like, I mean, at least maybe like our generation is like a little bit more like, oh, well, it's in sync. It's Backstreet Boys. Which one's your favorite? It's like, oh, yeah. I, I guess I'm supposed to love Nick. I guess I'm supposed to love, you know, and you figure that out over time. And then you get to a certain point and you're like, I've never actually like just come to terms with like, oh, wait, this is an option. Mm -hmm. it, that doesn't mean the person is right for you. It just 100%. means it's an option. Like, don't break up with your boyfriend to try it out with this girl. No. But potentially break up with the, your boyfriend because it sounds like you just really want to have freedom to experiment. I mean, I think that you should go to your boyfriend. First of all, am I cheating in my mind? Cheating in your mind is fake. It's stupid. No, nobody cares. Nobody's cheating in their mind. Yeah. That's Beh not a real thing. Cheating is behavior. Cheating is in the real world behavior. Yeah. Cheating in your mind does not fucking count. Second of all... um. Should I tell my boyfriend about this crush to like be honest? No, you should not. You should go to your boyfriend and say, you know how I realized I was bi recently? Ideally, he knows that you're bi. Right. Like, I've been thinking more and more about like, um, you know, I, I really like you and I really like our relationship, but sometimes part of me feels like if our relationship means that I will never have a chance to explore that side of myself i don't know how i feel about that that is a great way because it's so up in there i don't even know how i feel about sure. that but it's a thought that's entered my head and that really allows your boyfriend to say either this is already hurting my feelings because some people feel that way about monogamy they're like this even what you just said which is so up in the air is already hurting my feelings i really only want monogamy and this is really stressful for me and which you can decide that really gives you a lot of information yeah. and i would say if that's the response most likely this is not the guy for you he might say hmm that's a good question i i wonder if i'd be open to an open relationship you do get into this tricky situation where if one person is already open to an open relationship and the other person is like maybe gonna come around, mm -hmm. I think that's the worst footing to start an open relationship on. But they're both young. 
So 100%. he might be. And this isn't like a thirty-five-year-old man. Where he, you're she like, actually never said. Oh, she age, didn't say. But I think so he it's might kind not of be implied that he's in college. That he might too. be in college. So he might be a little bit more of you know, and 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 I and I don't think it's bringing in a third because that's not going to help you. Yeah. In any way, it's 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 saying, hey, if if I let me discover this as open, and if you're okay with that, then great. And if not, then maybe I have to go discover this on my own. But it, it's not with this chick. Girl. As a queer person, how do you feel about, I think, on the internet, people really talk about, like, there is a phenomenon of guys who are okay with their girlfriends hooking up, with their bisexual girlfriends hooking up with other women, but not with other men, because they don't see it as, like, um a real the potential for like a real threat to their relationship because they don't think gay relationships are like real and loving and romantic they think it's like kind of like two objects are fucking sure i take a slightly different stance which is they're like a couple of reasons why someone hooking up with someone of the other gender might feel really different which is that first of all if the reasoning is specifically i want to explore this other side of myself that you can't give me that is a little less different than just like i want to fuck an another girl sure, 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 that sure. is a little different yeah. and then the second thing being that like i would never i would never fall into that trap of physically comparing myself to that person um if you are only fucking people of a gender that's not mine right what stance do you think on that? Do you think that it is always 100% basically homophobic of the dude to take that stance? I think there's more homophobia in it sometimes than than we realize, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that, like, when you do have a, you know, when you do have a stance like that, like, of being like, well, yeah, sure, you can go and do that. But it's like, they'll never, they'll never stack up to what I can give you. And you'll always totally. come back to me, you know? And um, so, or maybe they're also just, very comfortable. I think there's two sides to the coin. I think one side is this this isn't real, so sure, go have your fun and yeah. hang out with these girls. Or the other side is I feel confident that we have, you know, a very stable foundation and if you need to go explore this part of you go but you'll come back to me like a you know the idea of like the butterfly, right? Yeah. Right? You let it go and it'll come back to you. So it's not the need for, you know, monogamy the whole time. You know, like I think, I think there's healthy men, and I think there's unhealthy men. Yeah, just depends on who you're with. Unfortunately, a lot of time the stories that we hear are the unhealthy men more. Yeah, you know, but I think there is a healthy aspect to it of just going like, I just need to go figure this out, and being like, yeah, go figure it out, and come back, and I'll be here because I'm a healthy person, I'm stable, we have a good relationship, and I don't want this to be on your mind when you're with me. So go get it out, like a little bit, go get it out of your system. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I also, I think it can be from a place of homophobia. I also think that it could theoretically be healthy. I can't say that I've met, that I've like known a lot of real world people who have been on either side of that. I haven't really known how this has worked. But what I will say is that like, I think the odds that you guys both decide what is better for your relationship is you to have the freedom to explore hooking up with other girls and your relationship is open in some respect related to that but like probably not fully open i think that the odds that that makes sense for you are very slim just given how young you are because usually what that would be motivated 
by is like we have so much shared history and we have such a beautiful shared life together and i know that i want to continue building a life with you and we are highly compatible and it's just this one thing and i think i can compromise on that one thing which is that you need to go explore your newfound bisexual identity. Whereas when you're 21 and you have absolutely no idea what the rest of your life looks like because you're in college. And usually after college, there's a major life shift where you decide where you're going to live and what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You guys still, there's definitely a chance you could end up being end game, but it's a slim chance because you don't know who you are. Right, you're still figuring it out. And so figure it out, but also... And that's why I kind of think it's more likely that ultimately your relationship is not going to be forever. And wouldn't it be so much more fun to just say, I think I want to be single right now for a variety of different reasons. Wouldn't you get so much more out of these last few years in college, getting to be fully single, experiment with whatever you want? Sure. And I always believe breaking up, I think breaking up is never the wrong answer because if the breakup was wrong, you'll just get back together. Then you're just, and that's what you do. And if, yeah, <laughs> if you guys end up moving to the same city and if you guys end up still being compatible after college, then you can get back together. But at that point, you will have explored. Sure. You will have hooked up with women and you will have so much more under your belt. And if you choose monogamy with him, you will be so much more qualified to do so at that point. Sure. I just think the openness gives you a little bit more um, room to still be comfortable, like financially and things like that. Like they might be living together still. So now they got to like go through this breakup. They got to get a new apartment. They got to like start this whole thing over again where it's like, I don't even know if I actually want this. Where being yeah. open might just give you the chance to like figure out if you want it. But also I hang out with like a lot of queer people and, and, and a lot of the time queer people don't truly believe in monogamy especially like gay men you know and that's that is and that makes them healthier because there is an understanding that like relationship is different than like getting this out of your system or hooking up with somebody right like the actual like full form of relationship is more than just i love this person and we have sex together but also we have a house together we have dogs we have you know a future we want to do the same things we want to travel we want to do all this stuff and also right like it's like it's and and i think that's okay and i think we're getting more especially the younger generations are getting more and more to the point of understanding that like maybe not everything has to be like a huge blow up yeah because as millennials we're all in the generation of like you know 80 80 percent of our parents got divorced and so Mm -hmm. we're like you know oh if i cheat if i do this if i do that you know like but what if you have experiences and what if you can love somebody through that too and be like I just wanted to try this, but I still love you. Yeah. You know, I just think that this girl, it's bringing up thoughts. I just don't think this is, this is the move. This isn't the move to be like, hey, what's up? We should hang out. Like, you know? Yeah. It might end up being kind of like a wash and that's not going to be fun for you either. It's not going to be fun for you to, for it to be a wash because then you're not going to really have the experience that you wanted to have. Totally. And I think there are some girls that are like, I thought I was bi and then I had this like kind of you know like not shitty experience but like not so great experience with a girl so i don't think i'm buying it's like i think maybe it just wasn't like you can have bad experiences with men you just keep trying you know i think the steps are this first of all put the classmate out of your head the classmate is a crush you've built her up too much in your mind you're not actually interested in her 
Number two, have a conversation with your boyfriend where you bring it up so casually and you get to explore what his boundaries are and what his feelings are on monogamy. Because he might say to you, I've actually been reading this book about open relationships and my friend's in an open relationship sure. and I've actually been secretly thinking I'd love that too. He totally might say He's that. He's going to flip if he says that. He better not say that. He's going to be like, are you kidding me right now? He's like, I also want to fuck your classmate. Yeah. Yeah. I also love her too. She's yeah. so pretty. I don't want to get to know her though. Um, But... Either way, the next step is getting used to flirting with girls. And then the next, and here's the thing, honestly, if you're serious about wanting to experiment with girls in college, foolproof method, specifically in college, buzz your hair <laughs> and start telling people that you are bisexual <laughs> as a conversation talking point. This only works. Only femme girls will come up to you, to be clear. <laughs> Any woman within a 10-mile radius who is questioning her sexuality is suddenly... I swear, I was batting so far out of my league in college when I, when I buzzed my hair. This insanely hot girl, one of the hottest girls who... <laughs> Who, like, every dude I knew wanted to fuck comes to this party that my co-ed fraternity was hosting. Yeah. Makes to enters, walks up to me, and she's like, I'm pretty sure we matched on Tinder, didn't we? And then we just start making out. And she's like, hot, blonde, um, Scandinavian, like, yeah. huge. It was insane. <laughs> Go get a haircut. Go buzz your hair. Do Didn't not talk lose to your this boyfriend. window of opportunity. Because for the rest of your life, having buzzed hair sends a very yeah. different message. In college, it sends a message of, hella, this is the X on the map. Yeah. If you are wondering who is gay, it is me. Okay. All right. Anyway. I think that's great advice. Buzz your hair. Hell yeah. Okay, so in reading this question and then the whole like cheating on my mind thing, it made me start thinking of this concept of like emotional affairs, which I've always thought was like so weird and is kind of like a way for like people who have real crazy insecurity and possession issues to demonize like normal human friendship. Anyway, so I looked on Reddit for some like am I the asshole posts about emotional affairs and That's I'm going to read one to finish out this episode okay. um, and we'll give our thoughts on it. Okay. Am I the asshole for refusing to acknowledge that I apparently had an emotional affair? Me, 22 male, and my girlfriend, 20 female, have been dating for three years now and living together for one year. We both work and study, so we don't spend a lot of time together, even though we live together. But when quarantine started, that changed. And a few weeks into quarantine, I felt like she was getting annoyed by me a lot. I tried to give her some space, which I think helped a bit, but we were very distant. I mean, I guess this period affected most relationships really so whatever i started to talk to my friends a lot almost every day online obviously and there's this girl who before was just an acquaintance turns out she's very nice we have a lot in common we started talking a lot but that's all i am not attracted to her whatsoever and we just became friends i didn't mention this to my girlfriend not for any specific reason just because we were not talking a lot about anything Last week, my girlfriend came to talk to me. She is extremely nervous and she has anxiety problems, so I know having these conversations is very hard for her. She basically said I was having an emotional affair with this girl. I didn't even know what that meant, and I was completely shocked. She gave me several reasons for why she thought this was the case, one of them being that I kept this as a secret. But like I said before, we were not even talking about anything. Now this girl has a background that I think is important to say. 
She got involved with two different guys who were both in a relationship, and she knew that. So yes, not a very nice thing to do, but everyone involved has already moved past this. I told my girlfriend she was overreacting and that maybe what this girl did in the past has affected her judgment in our, in our friendship. She got even more mad and said I was even defending her instead of trying to understand her side. It was a long talk, but I still do not think this was an emotional affair or whatever, and my girlfriend is disappointed at me because she expected me to understand and apologize. Now, she and a few of our mutual friends think I'm an asshole. I mean, yeah, I, I don't I don't think emotional, like, I don't, I don't think, I think it's real in the sense that, like, both people may be feeling those feelings, right? Mm -hmm. I think telling your girlfriend that she's overreacting might make you an asshole, like, yeah. in the situation. I think you're a bad communicator. You're invalidating her feelings. She's feeling yeah. a certain way, and you're, you're invalidating that immediately by being like, why do you care? You know? Her feelings are non-negotiable. You will never convince someone out of their irrational feelings. Mm -hmm. The feelings are either so irrational and so damaging that you know you have to leave, or you work out some sort of compromise so that everybody can meet in the middle. Or she gets help for it, right? Because it probably affects her in, sure. in, in different parts of her life, right? Like, the idea that, like, you would get so upset about somebody talking to somebody else that fast means that, that that's happening somewhere else, too. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just, like, I'm, I'm completely, a, like, a level-headed person all the time, but this one thing just set me over the edge. Most of the time, especially, and, 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 and sometimes with women and stuff like that, it, 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 could be a problem in other ways. So I think both of you probably need a little bit of therapy, um, if not a yeah. lot. Well, um, then you're 22 and 20. Right. So figure it out now so you don't waste your time 100%. and then try to figure it out at 30 and be like, well, I just spent that last 10 years going through all of these, you know, crazy emotions. And they're not crazy. She's not, I'm not calling her crazy. That's not, but yeah. feeling... <laughs> but, <Clip it. laughs> um, but feeling those emotions that are that are up and down. Yeah. Where you can you can level it out. And if you do the work now, then then, you know, maybe if this relationship doesn't work, the next one will be better because you'll find somebody who is also meeting you at your level. Yes. Um so I think both in both sides, one, why are you searching so hard? for like other relationships without like trying to mend the one that you have right now mm -hmm. and two why is she getting so upset about it and is that some sort of insecurity that she has that is also maybe affecting her in other ways that will only you know the volcano hasn't fully erupted yet but it will and it could take years and then if you do the work now you could avoid that i think that if i'm the boyfriend the starting point should be when someone comes to us with a strong feeling, our instinct is always going to be you're attacking me and I'm on the defensive. So it's immediate and defensive. Instead, and that was what you did. Mm -hmm. But instead, what if you got curious? What if you said, okay, what specifically about this is making you feel like it's an emotional affair compared to my other friendships? What specifically is crossing the line in your head? And and let me clarify that I didn't know about this. So, and, and usually 
when you get curious about someone's feelings, it immediately de-escalates de them because they don't feel like they need to have a huge show of emotion to protect themselves sure. and to be taken seriously. Most of the time, the reason why women in relationships cry is because their feelings weren't being taken seriously the first five times we said it to you when we weren't crying. Now we come to you crying. It's completely out of the blue in your mind. So rewire your brain to think of her emotional display in that way. Get curious about it and then get to the bottom of what exactly her boundaries are with your friendships and whether you can and can't accommodate that. And if you feel like you can't accommodate that, say, okay, that's really good to know. This is kind of new information. We hadn't really hammered this out before. To be honest, this makes me feel really limited in my ability to live a rich life full of friendships that happen organically. Can I express to you why I feel so like, like why this feels like a jail for me essentially? Now, if I was the girlfriend, I think the ideal way to bring up this conversation is like, hey, I noticed that you've been like getting close to this other girl and I trust you. I have a question. When you're making friends, like a, a deeper and closer friendship with another girl, how do you make it clear to them that you are monogamous with me and loyal to me? Mm. And usually when they answer to that question, one of two things will happen. Either they don't and they kind of like admit that mm -hmm. they're leading this person on and they might reveal to you that it's because they have this need for attention or whatever. Or they will say like, oh, I talk to her almost every day about how much I love you. And it's like, oh, insecurity solved. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I think, I think she also is probably like her cup might not be full though. Yeah. Like if she's bringing it up and she's getting that upset about it, like I don't think you're like you got to also like, you he know. He said they barely talk. Right. The relationship is bad. Right, and also like people in the pandemic, like some of them moved in faster than they maybe would have, or some mm -hmm. people, you know, and so they made these commitments, and it's like maybe you need to figure out like what is her cup and what needs to be filled and can you provide that for her or, or, or can you not you know yeah. and that's and that's okay too because maybe somebody else can for her you know but i think that that y you gotta also like you gotta pay attention to what's happening at home you can't just be like well i have all my friends and this is what takes up my time you know what i mean because yeah. she's she's probably feeling left out you know, she's feeling left out of the situation, of the conversation, of of everything else, you know? And that's if I had tough, to guess, man. speaking purely from my experience, and I have said this before, um, part of monogamy for me, when I had this conversation with my boyfriend early on in our relationship, I was like, sure. I wouldn't consider myself a jealous or possessive person. If something that were to occur in our mutual friend group, because we know a lot of the same people, and I heard about it from other people. Even if there was nothing physical going on, I might take that as a huge betrayal just because of how embarrassing it would be to be surrounded by other people who have the opportunity to make assumptions about and then a relationship. Not know. Yeah. So if anything is happening that you think might ever embarrass me, I don't care about, I just need to know so that I don't find out from other people because I would find that humiliating. It sounds like you've gotten really close with another girl in a big friend group and it might be that part of what's contributing to the insecurity is how publicly 
it all feels sure. to her and how you're not just forming a new friendship you're getting closer to someone that was already in y'all's orbit right and also you just said you're you're not a jealous person but you're also what how old is this girl 20 20 i mean what you, every i mean every girl is a little bit insecure when they're 20 you know like it's not yeah. it's not so you know it's not like you're it's not like you guys are you know 30 years old 40 years old and you're like listen you want to talk to other people that's fine but as long as you know we're able to do what we do i'm okay with it you know like she's gonna be a little bit more needy in that way and that two-year age gap but there's nothing wrong will with that never feel bigger than when yeah. you're 20 and 22 of course. that's the biggest that it gets the rest of your but by the time you're like 25 and 27 not a huge deal but she that two-year age bars. gap is a lot yeah she can even go to bars right now that's not you know what i mean so you got to make sure that you're like you're if you're going to be in a relationship that you're doing the best that you can there mm -hmm. for, first you know and that is going to be talking to her and having conversations and 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 you know uh dinners and whatever it is to make her feel secure in those things and then if you still want to have these like you know intense relation like friendships with women that's fine but also like i think we both know too like men normally if they're gonna get that intense they probably do want to fuck and that's that kind of sucks too is like where now you gotta now you gotta self-analyze a little bit is like am i looking for this because i'm not getting what i need yeah can i get it from my girlfriend have i figured out that she can't fill that up for me and so maybe this doesn't work because i do need something else or can we you know revive this relationship and it's gonna take both parts but again do the therapy now bro because why wait why wait now. why wait until you're 30 years old Whoa. to be like oh i've been insecure for 10 years <laughs> and it's like no you just wasted like that time because you're just gonna keep on you're gonna find the next yeah. dude who's also insecure and then he's angry what I, like just figure it out now if you're already feeling these feelings figure it out now this other person is just yeah a pawn in it she's not she's not she's not important in the situation so Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Lizzie. Um, uh, in a couple Wednesdays, where yes. can people find you? What do you have coming up? Um, I will be at the Comedy Fort in Fort Collins. Um, Colorado. On, in Colorado uh, on the 15th and 16th uh, with Troy Walker. So it should be super fun. Um, so yeah, catch me up in Fort Collins. Where can people find you online since the majority of people aren't local? Oh, okay. Um, I am at Lizzie on Instagram, on Facebook. At Lizzie? At Lizzie you Wolfson. Have... Sorry. Okay, at Lizzie Wolfson. You snacked I, yeah. just Lizzie? <laughs> at Lizzie Wolfson. Everybody's just like, oh, Lizzie, interesting. No, at Lizzie Wolfson. Um, I was going to say TikTok, but that's not even worth it. My TikTok is trash, 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 Same. trash, trash. Um, but no, that's not true. That's not, no, mine's like, it. I got one video of my dog and that hit like 2 million and then I put up videos of my comedy and everybody's like, oh no, actually we don't care for this. Yeah. Um, so Instagram, I think would actually be the best. And then you can also follow cool. me on Facebook, but I post all of my shows, um, Comedy Fort, that's the next one. Cool. And I am Hannah Jones Cool on every social media platform. Sign up for the Patreon. Submit a question for the podcast, please. We love questions. Almost all of them get answered if they are relevant <laughs> and answerable. Um, thank you so much for tuning in and have a great day.